So I'd just like to begin by paying homage to my teacher, the Buddha. Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa Bhutang Dhammang Sankang Namasami So the title of the day long, Losing Fear of Formations, is actually chosen by someone other than both of us. So, <laughs> so we were both like, ooh, <laughs> that's an interesting one. Um, so the formations part, I guess, you know, that's sort of everything, isn't it? The, the, um, the things of the world and the, our thoughts and our perceptions and uh, relationships, all everything, it really is, is formed for a while and then it falls apart again when it's, when it's the right time or whether it feels like it's the right time or not. So the, the, um, the whole universe is uh, a, a a process of, of coming together of things. Things are things for a while and then they break up. And, uh, and that's the way this realm is, or these realms are. So uh, it's just reflecting on you know, fear, having fear of formations. I mean, at this time, I think uh, we're getting a bit more awake to the vulnerability you know, of, of uh, our lives as human beings on this planet Earth. You know, we're directly experiencing the effects of you know, years of drought and uh, with this uh, horrendous campfire. It's you know, so huge, such huge destruction and where it burnt and also the smoke that's been sitting over the whole bay, I think, for, for a long time. We've been quite high up but we haven't had too much trouble with the smoke. But we're living on the edge of a forest so, you know, it certainly brings it home that... Uh, each day is precious, and uh, you never know when you know when death will come. And that's very much what the Buddha was pointing to. You know, you never is death that the fact that death will come is certain. We will die. There is no doubt about that. But when that will happen, how that will happen, uh, you know, what the circumstances will be, that we can't know. And I feel at this time, it's um, there's. Uh, it's kind of it, the, the the kind of devastation that we're seeing in in America and in different parts of the of this globe bring that home a little more sharply. I certainly experienced that, and so naturally fear can arise. You know, my goodness, you know, am I safe? Should I be living where I'm living? And uh, we had this conversation. I had this conversation recently with somebody about you know we spent all these years looking for a forest monastery, and now we have a forest monastery, and there's like forest fires going on everywhere. And uh, but then this person I was talking to pointed out, well, there's forest fires, there are town fires, there are vineyard fires. It's like everything, you know. And uh, it's not that uh, you go, you find like rumor has it that New Zealand is the place to be. You know, <laughs> so it's like, what are we all going to like flock to New Zealand and crowd out on the mountains or something? You know, so we can't escape the inevitability of uh, 
of, of death and uh, and and right now we're alive we have life this day and so really the Buddha is so clearly pointing to make good use of this time because it, it you know we don't know how long it will be it could be long it could be short could be somewhere in between could be comfortable could be painful you know we might be well we might be sick our conditions might be really nice and supportive they might be very challenging probably a whole mix of those things will happen so uh, this is this is our opportunity now right now today here always always now to align ourselves with the truth really with with reality <clears throat> and part of that reality is the the truth of impermanence the truth of flux the truth of change and when we're coming from you know when we identify ourselves as, as solid and permanent and we're looking at other things as changing it feels very vulnerable it is vulnerable but when we see that we're part of that flux and we're part of that change and what we take to be me and mine is is actually just part of that whole process that's going on all the time then there's a, a oddly there is a security in the knowledge and the understanding of that truth just knowing just being aligned with that truth of impermanence of flux there's a, like a there's a there's a relaxing into that because it's because we're, we're with the truth of the way things are there's nothing to there's nothing to keep away there's nothing to grasp there's nothing to fear there's just this actually that's going on now like this we tend to miss this because we think it's going to be something more exciting something more grand and marvelous you know that should be going on but this our experience right now is what we need to be paying attention to so this day has uh, has the framework of the five indriya the five faculties it's also called and uh, it's an interesting framework. It's uh, it can be very very small and it can be very vast. This framework of the five indriya, and the the first of the five is sadha, sadha, and sadha is in English sometimes translated as confidence, and sometimes translated as faith. I would say it's somewhere sort of in between those two. So language, you know, the lang- the words we use as just symbols the words are symbols and we maybe have different associations with those symbols so for some faith will have a very kind of positive and calming sense and for others it'll be that foolish thing that people do you know that's kind of a bit stupid so if it has the a bit stupid perception then use the word confidence and if it has the uplifting perception then use the word faith because it's not about the English word, but it's about the quality of heart that's invoked by the... Well, that, that's what it is. It's about the quality of heart that we can cultivate. And so sadha, I love the Pali word, has this quality of like, even I don't know every little thing, I'm confident to step into this. So for the practice, we need a certain amount of sadha. So probably, you know... Everyone here, I'm guessing, there's nobody here who's fully enlightened yet. Maybe there is. We can swap seats. Uh, 
if there is. Um, and so it takes a certain amount of, of sadha to keep keep practicing. And then, then we hear some instruction and then we we practice for a while and then we get the results of the practice and then we're like, oh, it works, that's good. And so that, that gives us a sense of confidence and then we take another step. So that quality is very, very important in, in the practice and also just in life. Because, you know, even when we get up in the morning and, and open the door to go outside into the world, we don't know what's going to happen. We have a certain, we, we play a story of what we think is going to happen, what we've planned, you know, but we don't really know what's going to happen. So there's a certain amount of faith just to step out of the door in the morning, step out of your front door into the unknown of this life. And when we have sadha, there's an openness, there's an openness to what, what's, what, it, bring, what it brings, what this day brings. And, uh, you know, if we're, if we're too fearful, we don't even get out of the door. And that happens for some people. If we're too fearful, we don't actually leave that door because we don't know what's going to happen. And if we're, or we make a story that we're sure we know what is going to happen because we've got it all planned, and it's all timed, and we've got it all arranged, and so it's going to be like that. And that's another um, way fear can manifest. It's like, trying to keep everything under control the way we think it should be. And uh, life, as you may have noticed, doesn't usually comply with that very well. So this, uh, this quality of sadha is, uh, is a vital aspect of the, of the path. And um, in the suttas, the Buddha speaks about the four, four kinds of sadha. So faith, which may or may not resonate with you. So faith in the Buddha, that the Buddha was enlightened. Faith in the Dharma, that the Dharma is uh, uh, the, uh, the truth, you know, points to the truth of the way things are. Confidence in the Sangha, the, uh, and this is specifically pointing to the Sangha of um, the fourfold or multifold Sangha of those who have had levels of, of insight that have broken through the illusions of the world to different degrees, so that there are people who have you know, who have deep insight and who have levels of awakening. So confidence in the, in the Sangha and confidence in Sadha in uh, virtue, sila, ethics. So these are the, the four kinds of Sadha that are mentioned in the suttas. And, you know, just to have a, just have a look yourselves, you know, do any of them, you know, maybe like none of them feel very aligned or maybe like, well, I feel a sense of confidence in the, in the Dharma and in the practice, and then so that's like so that's a good entry point. So then, strengthen that and uh, cultivate that. And then, as we cultivate any one of those four, particularly the first three, then the, the others the others kind of come along. And uh, I think confidence in in sila in ethics or virtue is very very important because it's not always easy to keep. It's not always easy to restrain one's body and speech. But uh, it's so, so important as a support to the practice because the more we just follow the habits of our, of our speech, of our thoughts really, then we kind of consolidate ourselves more and more in complicated relationships with others. So if we're speaking harmfully or lying or, or doing things that are harmful, stealing or harming, physically harming others, we're, we're, we're kind of making ourselves more and more dense 
in a way, and more and more consolidated. And so the sense of self gets more and more solid. And that is kind of the uh, the root of, of dukkha. The, the, having a very strong sense of self is where the sense of like unsatisfactoriness arises. The stronger the sense of self is, the more consolidated, the more fixed we are, the more things we bump into, the more problems we find. And if, if we can get a certain amount of fluidity, then uh, things get a lot easier. So the, the ethics of the sila support our path, they support our practice, and support a, a gradual lightening up of that solid sense of self. And uh, the second of the Indriya is Virya. Virya is uh, translated as energy. And uh, it's also one of the awakening factors, one of the factors that support enlightenment. And Virya, uh, in, the, in the awakening factors, it has this quality of sustained effort, like staying with, sustaining. So it doesn't have to be like forceful or really strong, you know, like really powerful, but it's like enduring, staying with willing to keep going. And that's a very, very important quality on the path because, you know, sometimes it gets boring and we want to do something else or other things look more exciting and so we kind of get distracted or or um, it's difficult. Times when it's difficult and we're kind of not sure if you really want to do it after all, you know. So the virya is a very, very important quality. And like I say, it's one of the factors of awakening. It's very important that support our awakening to the truth of the way things are, to, the, to our true nature, to a place of freedom, liberation. So virya um, is the second of the five indriya. And then sati. Sati is, has often been translated as mindfulness. I prefer the word awareness. Awareness, uh, to me, mindfulness has a certain doing quality to it. Me doing, practicing mindfulness, you know. Whereas awareness is like being aware. It's attuning the mind, attuning our attention to what is present here and now. Awareness for me has, a, has, a, has an expansive quality. It can be fo- very focused. It can be expansive. And somehow, I mean, it might just be me, but for me, mindfulness sort of has a like, I'm mindful that I'm talking, I'm mindful that I'm ringing the bell, you know, whereas awareness is, is a bit more broad and encompassing. So the Pali word is sati. And sati is also one of the awakening factors, one of the first, actually, of the awakening factors. So sati is always wholesome, and it always supports awakeness and awakening so sati, very, very important. And, um, and then the fourth of the indriya is samadhi. Samadhi is collectedness. Or sometimes the word we sometimes use is concentration. Again, I think this is a, a somewhat unfortunate translation because often we think of concentration as something that's like very narrow where we're excluding a lot of things in order to get focus on one thing and so we're trying to get rid of those things that we can get that and get that nice state that we've read about in books or we had once in a retreat or whatever and so there's a there's a lot of um, controlling going on in the, in that with that word concentration whereas collectedness collectedness is what happens when there's a sense of ease of um, a, a, really it's like a, a, a a coming together of effort and relaxation. 
So in a way, the um, those first two, the sadha and the and the virya, can support that. So the sadha is, is like a, a trusting, and the virya is a an energizing, and those two together can bring this uh, collectedness of mind, and also um, staying with. You know, I was saying about the virya, like the energy to stay with. So staying with our practice, staying with. Um, whatever we choose to use to stay present, whether it's the breath or the walking or the body or metta, that that's keep that we stay with that uh, intention to be present with what is what is here now. And as we stay with that, then that collectedness, that samadhi starts to form naturally. And if we're if we're doubting and, and Trying this, trying that, not sure, is it right? You know, then we're then we're the chances of samadhi arising are very small because <laughs> we're keeping busy, our mind's keeping busy. So we need that faith to allow ourselves to like just drop in a little bit and the energy to stay with it and the and this and the awareness to be present with what is here and now. And then the samadhi can can come about through through that. And then uh, the fifth of the five indriya is wisdom, panya. Panya is a beautiful word. Uh, wisdom, often we mistake wisdom for knowledge or um, worldly wisdom. I mean, that's not a mistake, that's just a, a, a means of a, a type of wisdom. But panya is really the, the wisdom of insight really the wisdom that sees the nature of things that sees the constant changing nature of things or the empty nature of things so you know seeing the empty nature of things it means that we see them that a thing isn't a thing it's a process so just uh, while sitting here so somebody's poured this water into a into a pitcher here that water's come from the earth somewhere at some point through through faucets and stuff into here, and then I put it into my glass. So there's a glass of water. We call it a glass of water. I think everybody would agree that that is a glass of water. You can do a magic trick, though. <laughs> and then, as I drink it, is it half empty or half full? <laughs> As I, as I drink it, then some of that water goes into me. So does that mean that that's me now? Is that me? That water is me now. I'm going to keep drinking. So it's no longer... So it's now it's, it was a full glass of water. Now it's a half full or half empty glass of water. And uh, some of that water's in, in me. So that must be me then, perhaps. And some of that water will, will be part of my blood and spittle and maybe tears if I have a little cry later. And so that so that's uh, so it's a process. What I'm trying to point to is it's a process. Everything is a process. And then, if, but we have these nouns that we put on things and we make them appear to be things and solid and permanent. But nothing is. It's all changing. And then, if I finish that glass of water and then I go outside and I and I smash that glass on the on the paving out there. All of what made that glass a glass is still, the, is still there, but it's no longer a glass. It's, it's pieces of glass, it's now a danger. It's pieces of glass on the, 
on the ground. So it's changed from being a useful glass that I can drink water in and into being something that's dangerous. You have to be careful and not walk on. And, you know, and then at some point that's going to break down and just go back to the earth and then it'll be, you know, and, and everything is in that state of flux all the time. And yet we miss that and we, we hold on to things and take them to be real and permanent or want them to last as long as possible. And we do the same with, with ourselves. You know, and what we are is also a process, an ever-changing process. Everything we take in affects us. It's important to know that because uh, nowadays we have access to pretty much anything, isn't it? Through, you know, iPhones and so on. You can kind of take in pretty much anything through the eyes, the ears, the nose, the tongue, the body and the mind. So what we take in becomes part of us, influences what we are. And, uh, so you know, be discerning what you take into your system. Um, so, Spanya um, is, is, is the understanding of uh, that, of the deep understanding of that process. It's the wisdom that understands all that we take to be me, mine, permanent, lasting. It's all in a state of flux. It's all come. It's all come together. You know, conditions have brought that together to become this. So, like. Ananda Bodhi you know, Bhikkhuni sitting here is a, is a combination of many, many factors coming together, starting with my mother and father and a, an intention on my side, I guess, somewhere back there. And then you know, many, many conditions coming together. The food that I've been able to eat and the, and the water to drink and the people who've influenced me in different ways, helpful ways, difficult ways, challenging ways. And then, uh, you know, having the opportunity to ordain and be a nun and then be supported as a nun. All of these things, and then sitting here, you know, like who I am sitting here is maybe a little bit different to when I'm hanging out with my sisters in the monastery. And, you know, it's like we're, we're constantly arising all the time, independent on conditions all the time. And it's constantly changing, but we we tell a story of, of of self and a story of how things are. So Panya is seeing a bigger picture than that story, and it's seeing the, the constant flux of things, the constant changing nature of things. And uh, when we see that really clearly, then we also see how we can influence that. And uh, in wholesome ways, there are two ways we can influence it. Well, in like, if we're fearful, what we try to do is trying to make it last, trying to hold on, trying to fix, trying to identify. And then with, it, with the idea that you know, if we do that, things will feel more safe. But actually things feel more vulnerable because we're trying to make certain what is uncertain. We're trying to make permanent what is impermanent. We're trying to hold on to a sense of self that is a condition-changing experience. So although it, appear, it would appear to make things feel more safe and secure, it doesn't really work. And I think uh, now, you know, with these, with these big fires, even like, you know, very, very wealthy people who've managed to get their 
lives just the way they want with everything in a beautiful house, lots of money, you know, don't have to do any cleaning, all of that, they still have, you know, they're still equally vulnerable to that being lost. So there's nothing in this world, there's no way in this world that we can we can escape that reality of, of change, of impermanence, of, of uh, gain and loss. So uh, this, this panya, this investigation that, that leads to wisdom is, is so, so important. And, and so when we find ourselves doing that, like how, do I, how can I hold on? How can I make things more secure? You know, a certain amount of security is good, you know, like wear a seatbelt in the car. You know, there's certain things that are good, they're practical. But uh, we do those things with the knowledge that it's uncertain. And that 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 uncertainty doesn't lead us to more and more fear, but to more and more freedom. More and more letting go, more more, more and more wisdom and letting go. So these five uh, indriya, five faculties, work together. And uh, recently we were we were doing a sutta contemplation once a week in the monastery. We have a sutta contemplation, uh, with, uh, and we were we were talking about the the indriya, the, the faculties. And then it's like we use this word faculties. It's like, well, what actually does that mean, faculties? And so looking it up, I was actually kind of surprised that it, may, it means something that is inherent in this body and or mind. So it's like something that's inherently here, a faculty. And, uh, and it's, so it's a case of accessing what is kind of already here available that we maybe miss. So those five indriya, those five faculties, it's like they're, they're waiting for us to make use of them in a way and uh, to apply them as a support to this path of awakening. And they can also be, you know, I'm, I'm using the framework of awakening because that's what I'm interested in. Uh, but they can also just be actually useful for, they can also be useful for just like practical things. You know, just for like getting through life without, even if you're not interested in awakening, which I really think you ought, ought to be because it's, <laughs> it's the one thing that's really worthwhile. But uh, even just for like practical things of, of getting through life, those five faculties are really, really supportive. So, uh, sadha, confidence. And I'm just going to go through them and, and I just invite you as I, say the, as I say them, just to connect with yourself and just to see where are these present. Where are they present in your life and where are they not? You know, is there is there a sense of resonance or is there just this sense of like, nah, it's not there. Just to just to get a check in. So sadha, confidence. You can define it in your own way. Virya, energy. What energy do we bring to our life, to our relationships, to our practice, to our work?
sati, awareness. How much can we access just that open awareness that isn't cluttered with a thousand thoughts, opinions, commentaries, fears, doubts, desires. And we can bring awareness to all of that if we've got a strong enough practice. So where is there awareness in our life? Where is it strong? Where is it weak? Samadhi, collectedness, where the mind gets collected, it also has a strength. So there's the samadhi that can be developed in the formal meditation practice. It's a beautiful state. And then there's a samadhi that we can bring to, you know, our more engaged, the more engaged part of our life, a collectedness, a focus. And when there's focus, there's a, a build-up, a strengthening of energy and of clarity. And panya, wisdom. The wisdom that understands the, the flux of all of this. The constant process. The wisdom that understands that all that arises is here for a while and then passes away. That all that is born goes through a process and then dies. That wisdom carries with it uh, a deep peace. And a, a kind of a brightness.
So these five indriya, they, they open up our experience to a bigger picture than the little me and mine story can ever really understand. And uh, as faculties, they are, you know, they are, they are inherent, they're waiting to be realized. So just to recognize, you know, when we get caught in the small me story, it's a, it's a painful experience. It's contracted, it's very limited, it's vulnerable. And, uh, and when we can shift from that into the, the bigger story of, of flux, of, of flow, of change, of uh, not fixedness. Once we can let go into that, there's a, there's a great freedom. Then we can really be present with what is, because we're not afraid. We're not afraid of what might happen. We're not afraid to lose anything. We're in a place of of, of power, of strength. So those five qualities also um, are mentioned in the suttas as the so there's the five indriya and the five bala. So they're the same the same things, the same list actually, exactly the same list. But the the bala uh, uh, bala means power. So as we cultivate those those faculties, they become powers. It becomes a power, not a, a power that we wield, you know, to get what we want, but a power that leads us to freedom. A power that's that's uh, that opens up our experience from the little me and mine story into the into the into the everything story you could say or into the into the no story even into just into just this ever changing experience and and what we can bring to that what we can give to that what we can put into that so when we're in the small story there's there's fear defendedness assertion all of those things and then when we're in the big story there's no need for those things anymore. And uh, we can bring in what is beautiful. And we can bring in what is uh, liberating. So, it's all here. So I hope there's something useful in that talk. And, uh, and that you stay with this through the day and uh, explore, investigate and find for yourself those qualities. So it's 10.45 and um, super early, we're gonna prepare for lunch. Um, So if you've brought a dish, uh, you can go and help get it ready to offer. And uh, again, I'd just like to emphasize, please keep noble silence during this time. So that, you know, we've just been listening to the Dharma, to the teachings, and immediately going off and doing something isn't always the best thing after hearing the Dharma. So just, you know, be slow, take a moment, let it, let it, let things go, let things sink in. 
And also if you have things you need to do to prepare for the meal, please go ahead. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.